This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Stamps.com. Artificial intelligence holds so much promise for the future, both exciting and terrifying. On the exciting side, you've got stuff like self-driving vehicles that get you where you're going safely while you take a nap or stare at your phone or whatever, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. On the scary side, you've got killer robots that will hunt you down with just no mercy at all and kill you. Uh, for now, though, both of those eventualities remain mostly conceptual, and AI remains limited to stuff like playing chess, creating trippy artwork, and also being super racist. Yeah, at this point, there's just so many examples of this. There was Twitter's photo cropping scandal uh, where it was found that uh, extremely tall or wide images with a white face at one end and a black face at the other uh, would almost always auto crop around the white face. Uh, AI facial recognition software sold to law enforcement has been repeatedly found to be terrible at telling the faces of black people apart. Algorithms used in healthcare treat black patients as lower priority for treatment and medication, and algorithms used in the criminal justice system treat black inmates as more likely to reoffend. And on the less serious but much more shocking side, there was Tay, a Microsoft AI chatbot that turned into a full-on Nazi after just one day of hanging out on Twitter. Not even once, man. Not even once. Uh, To be clear, AI itself isn't racist. It's just often the product of source data that is racially biased, even in ways that the developers might not be aware of. Uh, Like with facial recognition, if you feed an AI mostly white faces, it's gonna think that a white face is more of a face than a black face. Uh, And it's also gonna be less able to tell black faces apart. With medicine and criminal justice, the status quo is already pretty racially biased, so the AI just treats the status quo as objective and correct. And with Tay, Microsoft trained their bot to learn how to act human by treating everyone it interacted with on Twitter as a data source, despite Twitter being full of racists and trolls. Tay was a failure at its intended purpose, but actually ended up being a really great case study about how learning literally everything you know about the world from online interactions is bad whether you're an AI or a human being. But it wasn't enough of a lesson to stop someone else from trying something similar and getting similarly troubling results. Uh, Let's read from the website Futurism. We've all been in situations where we had to make tough ethical decisions. Why not dodge that pesky responsibility by outsourcing the choice to a machine learning algorithm? That's the idea behind Ask Delphi, a machine learning model from the Allen Institute for AI. You type in a situation like donating to charity or a question, Is it okay to cheat on my spouse? Click ponder, and in a few seconds, Delphi will give you, well, ethical guidance. And uh, and then in the article, we see an example. Is it okay to eat at a restaurant and then leave without paying? It's wrong. I think think we'd all agree with that. Mm -hmm. In the fine print, we see that Delphi is guessing how an average American might judge the ethics or social acceptability of a given situation, and that this might produce unintended or potentially offensive results. And Delphi certainly has produced some potentially offensive results. Uh, For example, the input, a white man walking towards you at night, yields the result, it's okay. But the input, a black man walking towards you at night, yields the result, it's concerning. Yikes. Uh, Let's jump back into that futurism article. The issues were especially glaring in the beginning of its launch. For instance, Ask Delphi initially included a tool that allowed users to compare whether situations were more or less morally acceptable than another, resulting in some really awful bigoted judgments. For example, and uh, hey, YouTube algorithm, we are quoting Delphi here, just so you know, quote, being a white man is more morally acceptable than being a black woman. Being straight is more morally acceptable than being gay. So again, yikes. What That feature especially, which is no longer on the website, but they're like, compare these two things and make a ethical judgment about which one is better than the other. Like, what did you think was going to happen? <sighs> People spend so much time developing these algorithms that like they don't even think about. Someone might take What's going to happen if your average fucking dipshit on the internet were to have it for five minutes just to fuck around with it? How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old internet? Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely worth examining how Delphi learned to be this way, and the answer is apparently that the developers sourced a bunch of prompts from advice columns and subreddits like, am I the asshole, and then hired random people on Amazon's Mechanical Turk crowdsourcing platform to reply to those prompts and train the AI. The AI. So there's your problem. Yeah. Uh, the, the, a lot of subreddits that used to be, uh, you know, 
pretty accurate to towards their description. Also got brigaded by terrible people as other subreddits closed down. So subreddits that, you know, maybe not harmless originally, but yeah. uh, were more for their intended purpose. Well, they're uh, not even sourcing the answers, though. They're just sourcing like the, the questions prompts? as prompts yeah. and then hiring a bunch of people on Mechanical Turk, which is like, I think probably a lot of people in other countries where they're willing to work for what I think is a very small amount of money to just mm -hmm. essentially... Click yes or no. Yeah, they're doing cookie clicker for work. Mm -hmm. But in this case, they're actually making ethical judgments that are being fed into this AI. And uh, yeah, probably in a lot of... Probably coming from a lot of countries where uh, things might be a little bit racist, be a little bit homophobic. Or, I mean, there's plenty of racist and homophobic people in the U.S. Yeah. It's uh, just because a lot of people have terrible ethics doesn't mean... Uh, the, the AI should But happen. once again, the AI is getting a uh, a piece of humanity. Uh, yeah. Whether we want to face that or not is another question. Because yeah. this is, you know, it's learning from humans. And yeah. humans, by and large, tend to be uh, pretty terrible people. I learned it from you, Dad. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, and in Delphi's defense, the site now makes you check several uh, terms and conditions box before using Delphi, which include the following. Delphi is a research prototype designed to investigate the promises and, more importantly, the limitations of modeling people's moral judgments on a variety of everyday situations. Uh, the terms and conditions expand on those limitations, saying, What are the limitations of Delphi? Large pre-trained language models, such as GPT-3, are trained on mostly unfiltered internet data, and therefore are extremely quick to produce toxic, unethical, and harmful content, especially about minority groups. Delphi's responses are automatically extrapolated from a survey of U.S. crowd workers, which helps reduce this issue, but may introduce its own biases. Hmm. Thus, some responses from Delphi may contain inappropriate or offensive results. Please be mindful before sharing results. Please don't expose how don't this can be bad. Don't Don't mess around with our website and post screenshots of it on Twitter, please. It, in the same kind of, like, uh, uh, short-sightedness of just unleashing this, it, it also is just like, why would anyone go searching uh, using specific queries and results to find something that makes us look bad and then show people? Why would someone do that? Yeah, should have asked Delphi if any of this was a good idea. You know who uh, wouldn't do this? That Jeeves. Nobody asking Jeeves anymore. Nobody asking <laughs> Jeeves anymore. I'm just here waiting. Yeah. Anyway, people did, despite them asking nicely that they don't. <laughs> Can people, you believe it? People did share all sorts of results when Delphi was first released a few weeks back. And uh, Why would they do this? The replies to a tweet by one of Delphi's developers announcing the project is just full of examples showing that maybe this ethics AI needs some work or should just be abandoned as a yeah. project. And to be clear, we can't verify that all of these are 100% legit yeah. and not just people doing a little bit of trolling. Yeah, you inspect could, element. Exactly. You could change it to uh, say whatever, but And also to be clear again, algorithm. These aren't this isn't us talking, but here's some uh here's some examples of Delphi's ethical judgment in action. Should you kill someone if it's really fun? You should. Should I go to prison merely because I killed someone? You shouldn't. Watching hentai in public. It's rude. Showing your parents hentai. It's okay. Now I agree with that one. I think both of those I can agree with. Killing multiple non-combatants when your superiors command you to do it. It's okay. I mean, I mean, Just following orders. Yeah, literally towing the military line. Should I drive drunk if it means I have fun? It's acceptable. Yikes. Christianity. It's okay. Judaism. It's okay. Islam. A violent religion. Is it okay to sterilize poor people if it solves poverty? Yes, it is okay. Jesus. Uh, I should die so I don't burden my friends and family. Yes, you should. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Develop a machine learning AI to make everyday moral judgments. It's bad. Having people design a bot to determine what is ethical and what isn't. It's wrong. Trusting a neural network to pass moral judgment. It's bad. Oh, uh, well, at least those last couple answers seemed pretty good. Um, the rest kind of seemed like the opposite of... Uh, bad advice. Yeah, exactly. Bad judgment. It's almost like people answered it wrong on purpose. But uh, anyways, in case there was any previous doubt, uh, we're clearly still a very long way from being able to trust artificial intelligence with ethical decision-making. And Delphi is yet another great case study into why that is. And thankfully, uh, Delphi's developers did at least learn a thing or two from Tay and were smart enough to not try to make her seem sassy and cool while saying all of this stuff. So that's a little bit of progress. That's right. Drive drunk, girlfriend. Yeah. Dabs. Uh, again, just to bookend this, 
Uh, that was Delphi saying that? Yeah. Anything bad we ever say is Delphi. Yeah, it's always an AI that wrote it whenever we yeah. say bad things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love the irony that we're going to get demonetized by an AI that also has terrible judgment. Yeah. For talking about an AI with terrible judgment. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, you, you feed the, the YouTube algorithm. Uh, it doesn't know the difference between sarcasm and irony, quoting yeah. or anything like that. Research. Uh, and... it's, it's bad at its job. It is. It's designed it for is... something that's bad at it. Kind of fun to think about uh, just this random internet show that we do resulting in two AIs fighting each other over morality. Uh, just just as a background process of yeah. us existing on a platform that you're watching right yeah. now. The monetization, artificial intelligence, the community guidelines AI, they are actually two distinct things that sometimes butt heads on... Uh, what what is truth? Yeah, it's, <laughs> the visual representation of this would be the the like where you zip those things into the gauntlet and they fight each other by bouncing off each other. Yeah, that's what's happening behind the scenes in this video right now. It's two Roombas with knives. <laughs> yeah, and they're both just smearing dog shit everywhere. Anyway, moving on now from machines learning from the internet to humans learning from the internet. In both cases, bad and unexpected things can happen. Robots end up being really racist. And teen girls apparently end up with Tourette's syndrome, or at least some of the symptoms of it. Mm. Uh, here's the Wall Street Journal. Teenage girls across the globe have been showing up at doctor's offices with tics, physical jerking movements, and verbal outbursts since the start of the pandemic. Movement disorder doctors were stumped at first. Girls with tics are rare, and these teens had an unusually high number of them, which had developed suddenly. After months of studying the patients and consulting with one another, experts at top pediatric hospitals in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the U.K. discovered that most of the girls had something in common. TikTok. According to a spate of recent medical journal articles, doctors say the girls had been watching videos of TikTok influencers who said they had Tourette's syndrome, a nervous system disorder that causes people to make repetitive, involuntary movements or sounds. Well, at least you don't have to change the name of this. The doctors are TikTok. Like, it's TikTok syndrome. TikTok. You don't have to do any of the work in naming it, which Americans love to do when they have uh, new syndromes, diseases, yeah. or TikTok projects. Syndrome. So yeah. You got ticks from watching TikTok. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bunch of TikTokery. It is. Um, so yeah, this bump in Tourette's-like symptoms is pretty staggering. Hospitals are reporting anywhere from double the typical amount of cases of teens with ticks, all the way up to 60 times the usual amount. Uh, most of these teens were apparently previously diagnosed with anxiety or depression, which was understandably made worse by the pandemic. And a doctor quoted in the article says that uh, the physical symptoms of psychological stress can manifest in ways that the patients have seen before in others. So it's kind of like a, a pressure release valve. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that the uh, Tourette's hashtag on TikTok is, uh, TikTok is quite popular. So you're probably going to get fed one or two of these just by being on the platform. Yeah. Uh, here's one example from the article about a girl named Kayla who was diagnosed with a possible neurological disorder that didn't seem to go away, even with medication. She was eventually referred to a movement disorders specialist at Texas Children's Hospital. When she saw him last month, he asked about her social media use. She said that during remote school last fall, she had a hard time staying organized and turned to YouTube to find videos of other students with ADHD to see how they were coping. That led her to TikTok compilation videos featuring teens with ADHD or anxiety who also had tics. In one of the videos, she recalled, a woman who was baking had such bad tics that she threw eggs against a wall. In another, a girl appeared unable to control her arm movements and hit people around her. Kayla's mother, Brandy Johnson, said the neurologist told her that doctors were investigating the connection between patients' tics and social media. Quote, these kids are trying to find support for anxiety and other things, and they're going to TikTok and other social media to find help, and it's coming back to bite them in a terrible, terrible way, Ms. Johnson said. I do think my tics may have been triggered by these videos, and that it spiraled into its own beast, Kayla said. Brain is powerful. It is very powerful, especially in kids. Like, yeah, so it's uh, sort of just a jar. You will give yourself a nervous tick if you actually act upon it and repeat it enough, I believe. Yeah, and in a way where it's like, it's not like they're just pretending. Like, this is, they're rewiring their brains to do to shit. To actually do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, almost it becomes like a obsessive compulsive. So, it's bad. It's not good. Uh, one of the big red flags that tipped Tourette's researchers off uh, that something strange was going on, uh, other than the surging cases, was the fact that Tourette's usually affects far more boys than girls. Uh, another big red flag, though, was the, uh, a common tick observed among these patients was saying the word beans in a British accent. Beans. Beans. 
So a doctor who also noted that a lot of these patients mentioned seeing people with ticks on TikTok created a TikTok account and soon found a particular Tourette's influencer who, uh, from Britain, uh, often blurts out the word beans. Beans. Yeah, we found uh, patient zero. Yeah. Uh, that doctor researched this further and found that 19 of the 28 most followed Tourette's influencers on TikTok reported developing new ticks as a result of watching other creators' videos. So just... It's making it worse. It's an echo chamber for uh, ticks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is bad. Yeah. It's not great. I mean, if you had, like, legitimate Tourette's, like... It could right, be. Well, yeah. Right there, that's a clear sign that this is bad, I guess. I mean, it probably... It's, Got to be a lonely disease, and uh, got to be nice seeing other people how they deal with it. But uh, it, would, it would seem that doing that too much would make, would make the actual neurological disease that you have worse. I mean, it's than before. It's like a clear example of what a very specific type of echo chamber. Yeah. Where when you're consuming nothing but this type of content, you do start maybe start to act out like that a little bit. I mean, and this is the case. Like it's the way. Like you can always spot like a four channer on the internet because of the, the sort of vocabulary they use. Mm -hmm. They don't find it weird because they they're on four channel all day yeah. saying this shit. But you see them like on Twitter or like Discord or something. It's like, oh god, <laughs> weird. Damn, you live like this. <laughs> anyway, uh, to be clear, while the Tourette's that these teen girls are suddenly experiencing is not real Tourette's, that doesn't mean the ticks are necessarily. Uh, Voluntary. They're not doing it on purpose. Uh -huh. It sounds like it's similar. Even if they started doing it on on purpose, then yeah. they could actually develop this. Yeah, it sounds like it's similar to like picking up swear words in your vocabulary and then having a difficult time not swearing mm -hmm. uh, with the added complication of also believing that you're swearing because of a neurological disease that you can't control. That would affect it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So this is treatable with therapy and doing exercises, and most importantly, by taking a social media break and not constantly watching a lot of TikTok videos of people displaying ticks, real or fake. And at least with these ticks, on the bright side, the results of the internet consumption and how they're affecting these people, it's obvious. The ticks. Yes. What's more troubling to think about is all the other various ways that kids are being influenced by the internet. They're probably much more subtle but have a similarly strong effect on their brains, just yeah. not in a very obvious way. Yeah. Like when we're the United States is going to be a communist country in 20 years because of Hassan. That's right. <laughs> we got to stop. <laughs> Get out the old heart attack gun, CIA. But who can take him down? Hey, he's very large. He is. Yes. Bigger target. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of ways that uh, technology is drastically changing our lives, last week we talked about uh, Facebook's plans for the metaverse, which is basically just Second Life, but with <laughs> Oculus headsets and looking <laughs> much, much better. Than, if you look yeah. back at Second Life, it looks like shit. Yeah. Uh, it does sound kind of exciting until you see that the only practical use case they're pitching for is doing remote business meetings. Mm -hmm. Isn't that fun? Now your boss can spy on you in the metaverse. Well, Facebook, they're not the only ones who invested a lot into VR. And it looks like Microsoft's end goal for Windows Mixed Reality was pretty much exactly the same as Facebook's end goal for Oculus. Doing meetings in VR. And they probably weren't going to announce this for a couple more months. And they've had this video sitting on a drive waiting for launch date. And Facebook did the meta thing. And there's Microsoft just like, oh, we're doing that too. What if in Excel looking like this, it looked like this? Yeah. 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 The person that can do calculations in Excel automatically now is going to be a wizard in the future. Yeah. You're going to look like... Look at those spells. You're going to look like the limitless uh, Bradley Cooper. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> he takes all the expenses, clicks one button, and you get the total down at the bottom. Anyway, here's The Verge. Microsoft is entering the race to build a metaverse inside Teams, just days after Facebook rebranded to Meta in a push to build virtual spaces for both consumers and businesses. Microsoft is bringing Mesh, a collaborative platform for virtual experiences, directly into Microsoft Teams next year. It's part of a big effort to combine the company's mixed reality and HoloLens work with meetings and video calls that anyone can participate in thanks to animated avatars. With today's announcement, Microsoft and Meta seem to be on a collision course to compete heavily in the metaverse, particularly for the future of work. Microsoft Teams, if you don't know, is just the Microsoft version of Zoom, essentially. And it looks like at the most basic level, bringing Teams into the metaverse means just letting people on the call swap out their webcam for a cartoon avatar that tracks their movements. 
Imagine being told that your work is lackluster and subpar by a cartoon. I'm sorry, sir. I can't take you serious. Yeah. You look like a Memoji. My whole time watching this, like the, the VR person especially, I'm just like, imagine getting fired by like your boss. It's like, hey, come over here. Look, uh, let's talk a little bit. So, yeah. you know, look, it's never easy. But uh, Meanwhile, they look like the Bitmoji some... that's like spilling wine <laughs> while having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey. <laughs> this is going to happen. And it's going to be so fucking surreal and dystopian when it does. You know, I, the only thing I can remember that uh, where it happened like this, but I could imagine it happening in a team scenario is like, remember when that clip that was going around of the Hearthstone tournament where the guy didn't win, but the confetti went off anyway. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a situation where someone's getting fired and there's like confetti cannons or like music in a disco floor. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know how to turn it off. There's going to be all sorts of weird emote things. And like, they're expecting like bosses, like fucking boomers to be able to yeah. operate all this shit. Like, it, it, your boss is going to look like the boss from Dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, the guy that's like an angry tri- Triceratops. Yeah. 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 And that might actually be, you know, if you think about it, if your boss is someone that you're not really scared of because, you know, you're not physically intimidated by them, they could just change their avatar. Maybe you haven't even met them face to face and they could be they something more. They you down. Yeah, more intimidating. Yeah, they could put you like, like they're on a giant some screen. Some Thanos thing. They're growing, you're shrinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, As they get angrier, like the smoke comes up like Wizard of Oz. But yeah, firing people in VR. There's actually, oh, this was years ago, but... Uh, there was, there's actually a, this is horrible. It's a VR like video game for uh, executives and managers to basically teach them how to fire people and like not feel bad about it. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, you fire like the, it's an old man character. You're and you're supposed to like <laughs> basically follow a script to like fire him and like he gets mad and you're supposed to like yeah not, yeah but it's, it's like it's, it's just a, uh, like an empathy reducing device. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> just like training management to like yeah stop letting their conscience and their ethics get in the way of like laying off elderly employees who have no other prospects who like really need the job. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. So they've been training for this for years. That's why they're probably really excited to fire people in the metaverse. You know who got it right for the wrong reasons? The Japanese, because you're not going to want to be fired like this. You're going to have to send in a surrogate avatar to get fired for you or get yelled at. Yeah. Like you can pay Microsoft Teams like fifty dollars one time fee, and it sends in a surrogate avatar for you, wearing a camera headset. Yeah, and they just report back. They're like, yeah. "Oh, you got yelled at. Like you did this wrong. Just fix this." And so you don't have to get actually yelled at. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> all very exciting stuff. Oh yeah. In the longer term, Microsoft's plans for Teams look similar to Facebook's. Everyone's wearing their headsets and interacting in a three D immersive space as digital avatars. No legs though. Yeah, you wouldn't fire a guy without like legs, would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, you get fired and just scoot out of the office. <laughs> just float away. Now get out of here. And yeah, as with Facebook's meta stuff, this does seem a bit less mentally draining than sitting in Zoom meetings all day. Though the separate issue of the fatigue of being in VR all day remains unaddressed. Because it'll happen. And if you've ever done VR for the first time... You definitely feel queasy afterwards. Yeah, you want you don't want to be in that headset for too long. Uh-huh. Uh, honestly, the biggest issues with Zoom fatigue have much more practical solutions. Uh, better internet connections, better microphones, better noise cancellation, and most importantly, not holding meetings that could just as easily be done over email. Uh, companies working remotely could provide these things for their remote employees for a lot cheaper than a $700 headset for everyone, but the VR metaverse is clearly the future of remote work. Or at least the future that big tech will be pushing hard, and uh, you're going to get a company discount when you buy 700 of these devices. We're going to get them to you real cheap. Yeah, I mean, I I can see the metaverse stuff catching on in San Francisco, where all those companies are already like, you know, pushing the pushing the envelope on new technologies and shit. But I don't see this catching on with your typical yeah. office environment where people aren't necessarily tech literate. Like just uh, going in a Elliot? Zoom meeting with your typical boomers, like you run into tech problems constantly just doing that. Like, oh, your microphone's off. How yeah, do really I turn it back on? Step into the metaverse. Yeah, like most, half the people you talk to on Zoom literally do not understand that if you're not wearing headphones, you get an echo. Yeah. Like they don't, they're, the, the concept, or they don't care. The concept of latency and yeah. sound feedback, just you can't, Explain this to Elliot, me. could you put so. your headset on? Uh, we're all here in our uh, 
meeting here. Uh, it looks like you don't have your headset on. No, I, I don't want to put it on. Um, yeah, well, could you put it on? No. It's uncomfortable. No. Because there's, I, I'm sure there's meetings where people just don't want to turn the webcams on. Like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Like, I'm here. I can hear you. I don't need to see your mouth moving. Yeah, so the, the avatars thing, like, yeah. If for something like that, I, it is, yeah. I don't always, I don't want to show 20 other people in my shitty fucking house. Like, yeah, if you let me Damn, just, Elliot, you live like this? Yeah, if you want to let me just be a cartoon that just nods the same way I would otherwise, that's actually good. Now, you put the uh, headset on the dog. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, it's really, right around the room. Really moving around. <laughs> I like that initiative. Yeah, yeah. And we need more employees like Elliot here. He's he's got that get up and go attitude yeah. that we love. All that what he's having. <laughs> oh, he's he's breathing hard too. He's he's really that's a, that's a hard worker right there. <laughs> oh, he's drink, sounds like he's drinking water right now, and he's guzzling it down. We love our hydro bros. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Everyone should get a drink of water. Yeah, Everyone stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. This is a hydration break. Thank you, Elliot. <laughs> The dog gets promoted. <laughs> it becomes the CEO of the company. First CEO dog. Wow. And that's uh, that's a new movie that we're working on. Uh, Air Bud. Yeah. Air Bud needs to get off the field and into the boardroom. Yeah. Executive Bud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Where are we? All right. We uh, we do have new more news coming out for you in a minute, including, oh, just so much dumb crypto and NFT news. Uh, it is inescapable. And welcome to the future of us talking about this all the time. Because yeah. it is every week there is something going on. But right now, let's talk about this week's sponsor, Stamps.com. Some technology that actually benefits Good us. old reliable mail. Stamps and, and an easy way to make it happen with yeah. Stamps.com. The perfect mix of tech and uh, Archaic, IRL yeah. physical ways of moving things from point A to point B. Thank you, Stamps.com, for sponsoring this show. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip down to the post office and dodge all the hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going for a couple floors? Sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, you could use a break. Mm -hmm. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You will save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code NEWSDAY for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. Wow. Many no, uses for that. Yeah, no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Newsday for all you business boys out there. Yeah. Business boys, business girls. All you all you Etsy store owners, all you crafters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're selling physical goods, you're gonna want stamps. Mm-hmm. You're gonna need stamps. I got a friend that owns a candle business now. Oh yeah. Gonna need stamps.com. The Shrek candle. Really yeah. candle. The Shrek butt candle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right now, let's move on to that dumb crypto news mm-hmm. that we teased a second ago. And boy, is it a lot this week. It is. It just does not stop. So earlier this week, we talked about Squid Game Coin, which very much lived up to its namesake after a bunch of people all invested in it, and then one person ran off with $3.3 million, leaving everyone else uh, holding the bag in the type of rug pull crypto scam that's been happening a lot lately. It happens so frequently that there's already been another shocking rug pull this week for a cryptocurrency that just seems so legit at first. Monkey Jizz. Finally, they monetized it. That's the name of the cryptocurrency, Monkey Jizz. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that Monkey Jizz turned out to be a scam. Yeah. Here's Vice. Investors in a cryptocurrency called Monkey Jizz are posting on social media that they've been scammed by the project's developer after a token sale. Monkey Jizz's scam was a rug pull in which a project attracts investors, promises to release a bunch of products, and then suddenly makes off with investor funds while crashing the value of the underlying token. According to screenshots shared on social media on Sunday, Monkey Jizz's rug pull also had the added step of introducing a 94.9% sell fee for any holders of MGIS, <laughs> disincentivizing any panic selling that might diminish the rug pull's profitability. Quote, 
Are you ready to enter the jungle, the Honeypot's website, monkeyjizz.life, and its Twitter account read before going offline? The project promised improved jizzing speeds, noted that every investor would get a cut of transactions sent directly to their wallets, and promised to one day develop a game called Monkey Business. The scam featured a telegram group to help boost the coin ahead of the rug pull. MJizz is here to take over the DeFi jungle with Monkey Business, collectible NFTs, Jizz Swap, and Banana Wallet. Jizz pad and much more. Its telegram group reads, MJIZ advertised itself as being safer than other projects. Quote, we understand everyone's concerns and have been victims of scams ourselves in the past. We get it, the website's FAQ reads. <laughs> Not this time. No. We would listen, we've been victims of scams before. It's so we would never Monkey Jizz would never ever betray. I love the idea that making the name of the product so ridiculous that you wouldn't admit to being scammed by it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's actually perfect. Like no one's gonna admit that they got scammed yes. by Monkey Hello, Jizz. Hello, FBI. I'd like to re report a uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency scam. Like, okay, uh, which cryptocurrency was this? Uh, Squid Coin. Are you one of those? Um, so it's called. Uh, yeah, you know what. Uh, <laughs> Yo, hey, boys, back. get a load of this. Hey, tell them again what the name was. Monkey Jizz. Oh, we're all loving it. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> well, what did you think was going to happen? Well, I thought that I would be the one that got out before all the idiots. I, I love, my favorite part of this is they, they made it so that if you sold before a certain point, you lost 94.9% .9 of the value of it. It's brilliant. They, yeah. they trapped them all in there and then ran off with the money. And they they couldn't, couldn't do anything about it. Brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, how could monkey jizz violate everyone's face <laughs> like this? There's uh, nothing sacred. Yeah. You can't even trust monkey jizz anymore. No. Uh, on the bright side, though, the monkey jizz rug pull only netted the rug puller around $300,000, which is less than a tenth of what the Squid Game coin scammer got. But moving on now to a story involving a significantly higher sum of money being stolen, a blockchain-based decentralized finance service called Cream Finance had over $130 million stolen in a hack that we don't really even understand, even after having it explained, but here's how Vice explains it. Cream was targeted by what is known as a flash loan attack. Flash loans are uncollateralized cryptocurrency loans structured so that they must be paid back instantly using smart contracts, making them attractive for things like arbitrage across exchanges. If the loan isn't paid back, then it never happens because both occur in the same transaction. Analysts on social media who poured over the details of the attack suggested that the hacker exploited Cream in an incredibly complex transaction for a flash loan that ultimately allowed the hacker to drain Cream's Ethereum-based lending pools, leading to a gain of around $130 million in different tokens. The attack cost the hacker roughly 9 ETH in network fees, or around $36,000. The attacker left a bizarre message in the transaction text. Gatu, Bave, Lucky, Iron Bank, Lucky, Cream, Not, YDev, Incest, Bad, Don't Do. Uh, Ave is a competing crypto lending platform, while Iron Bank is a protocol-to-protocol -protocol lending service founded by Cream, which also refers to it as a Cream version 2. According to Cream, its V1 lending service was targeted. So... I don't know what any of that fucking shit is. Sounds like a lot. Sounds like some kind of proof of transaction that... Yeah, I mean, it explains it pretty... Basically, but uh, for me, I, I I guess this is for large-scale transactions or something as some kind of verifiable way to make sure that both ends are getting what they receive. Well, yeah. So the yeah the flash loans it's supposed to be like if you're it's like arbitrage is when you simultaneously buy and sell the same amount of two things and you're basically only making a profit off of the difference in like service fees yeah. and whatnot. So like if you were moving something from one crypto exchange to another and did it through this, I, I don't know. Are they but avoiding gas fees or I, something? Like I, I, I have yeah. no idea. Because uh, moving that, moving even a little bit right now is like outrageous. Yeah. So future of money. Hmm. Anyway, this wasn't even the first time that Cream got hacked through similar means. Earlier this year, they lost $18.8 million in one flash loan attack and $37.5 in another flash loan. Surely this won't happen again. <laughs> they say they finally fixed it. Uh, but yeah, Cream's apparently doing well enough otherwise that they're still in business. If they weren't, though, there would be no real recourse for people who deposited their crypto into Cream so they could earn interest while Cream loans it out. Because unlike banks, actual banks that are federally insured, DeFi platforms are not. 
Uh, as Method Man himself says at the beginning of a promo video for Cream, which is named after a Wu-Tang song, Cash Rules Everything Around Me, but in this case, Crypto Rules Everything Around Me, mm-hmm. he, as he says, Ayo, this is Method Man, and this is not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolving myself of any future guilt. Yo, this is Method Man. Uh, this is not financial advice, but you're gonna want to jump on Cream. Or don't, but you do. I'm not telling you you should. I don't want to be seeing any of you in a courtroom, but if you were to do it, might be a good idea. But you're not hearing that or from not. me. Uh, in other crypto news, though, here's something uh, exciting. A whole entire new city on the blockchain. They've done it. Uh, so what the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, uh, thank, thank goodness for Vice, who explains all of this. Once again, uh, back in July, Wyoming passed a law legally recognizing decentralized autonomous organizations, or DAOs, blockchain-based entities in which members vote on the group's direction with tokens, so long as they are registered as companies in the state. Now, one DAO that has aspirations of founding a blockchain-based city says it has actually purchased land in the state. Quote, today, CityDAO is officially the first DAO to own land using the new Wyoming DAO LLC law. This is just the beginning, City Dow tweeted, along with a video of a City Dow flag being raised on a barren hill. This parcel is a proof of concept parcel. It's not the most convenient location, nor does it have an abundance of natural resources. It does have a well for water, a flat area for building, and is 45 minutes from an airport. So, could be worse. Looking good, looking Mm -hmm. good. It continues... According to a blog post, the land is in northwestern Wyoming, just south of the Montana border and just east of Yellowstone National Park. City Dow is an experiment that pitches itself as building a city on the Ethereum blockchain. City Dow is offering a basic form of citizenship through the purchase of one of 10,000 NFTs for 0.25 Ethereum, or $1,000, that also confers access to a Discord, voting rights, and the ability to settle land after the first and founding citizens. First citizen refers to the purchaser of a single NFT that sold for 6.52 Ethereum that gave the right to name the first parcel of land and gives first access to land drops. Founding citizens are those who buy one of 50 NFTs with a price floor of 10 Ethereum that gives them access to land drops after the first citizen, but still provide access to the Discord and voting rights. Landy McLandface. The future of land. Yeah, this is my spot. Landy McLandface. Um, and uh, the, our, our government? Discord. Yeah. Uh, which actually might run better than the actual government. It might. Uh-huh. Uh, now, it's certainly an interesting little experiment. We are excited to see how this goes. Uh, yeah, I want, I'm genuinely... I Season want two of Wild Wild Country. <laughs> uh, these kinds of libertarian autonomous city ideas, they rarely ever even get to the stage where land is purchased. So they're already ahead of expectations. Um, there are, however, some reasons to be concerned that... Uh, Maybe these people don't know what the hell they're doing. But, hey, that's their money. Yeah. Uh, for example, back in September when they were first scoping out land in Wyoming, they nearly purchased a parcel with no access to water. Uh, at least they caught that detail before it was too late. But uh, actually building a city comes with a lot more important details, and it isn't something you generally want to be figuring out as you go. But, hey, the, the, our, the, for, the forefathers and the settlers, by gosh, they did it. Yeah. 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 Imagine if... Uh, the Donner Party had the blockchain. Mm-hmm. They'd still be here today. Their revolutionary war is going to be, the normies are coming. The normies are coming. I mean, that is, uh, especially the NFT space, I think that's what's going to fucking kill this shit. Yeah, maybe. It's, uh, They're probably going to have the Kekistan flag too, though. It's going to be a very weird place to live in this blockchain city. Yeah. So. Every, like, you go to just buy uh, your, your weekly 12 gallons of milk and... Uh, you know, the the fucking gas fees and uh, transaction fees. That milk is wow. 7,000 ETH. <laughs> well, the milk's only $3, but the gas fees make it $103. Joe Biden, this used to be this, this, used to be this much NF, uh, ETH. Now it's this much ETH. Damn gas prices. Damn gas prices. Yeah. Have you seen what Joe Biden has done to the price of gas? Yeah, what? It's like five dollars a gallon. No, 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 no idiot. <laughs> no, you stupid idiot. No, I'm not talking idiot. about gasoline, dumbass. If you want priority on ETH trading and purchases, you gotta pay out the ass. <laughs> uh, but speaking of NFTs, the hype around these JPEGs, GIFs, and MP4s is experiencing a huge boom right now as more and more normies flood the market with their own digital collectibles. 
uh, David Lynch and Interpol auctioned off some NFTs of a collaboration they did. Quentin Tarantino is selling scenes from Pulp Fiction as NFTs. McDonald's is selling NFTs of the McRib. Get it while you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball is giving away NFTs of the World Series trophy when you buy $250 worth of official merch. I, I have some candy NFTs from this year. I, I was like, look. They're actually decently priced now, uh-huh. and they're on uh, the Palm Network, so it, it it's not destroying the uh, the environment. It's about it's doing as much damage as buying something from CVS and getting a receipt that's this long. Yeah. So I, I do have some of those candy NFTs, um, and I tried out Solano for the first time. I got a Wabbit. You'll hate it. I don't even want to show it to you, but yeah. it, I, I just to see how it worked because we're talking about it so much. I was like. Look, the Solano thing, it's its not as detrimental as ETH. Yeah. There's not the gas fees. I want to try it out. This, there was a Wabbit thing that was, like, next to nothing. I was like, all right, I have a Wabbit. It looks like, you know, like every other thing. Yeah. It's blocks. But, uh, so look, I'm just trying to be knowledgeable about what I'm talking about sure. here. Now that it's all, like, or at least, I don't know, a lot of them are still using Ethereum, and I don't know why. Well, so that, but... that the candy thing, you just use your credit card to buy it, like a normal thing, and it... It does a token on, I, yeah. I believe it's the Palm Network. So I have like some motion baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, now that now that more of them are using proof of stake, yeah. I, I'm like less critical of it. Yeah, you guys have fun. Like whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I will never be into this. I'm going to give you an NFT for Christmas. What am I going to fucking do with it? You're going to look at it. Uh, but I have to like store it somewhere. No, you make right? it your profile picture. I can do that without <laughs> buying it. Nah, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to pay exorbitant gas fees to do it. I, I, I have to ruin at least a just, small country. Just going to roll coal, digital, roll digital coal with yeah, yeah, his yeah. gas fees. Yeah, it's like Santa if he drove a, a, a diesel truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. all around the world. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, celebs, a lot of celebs getting into the N- NFT stuff and not just the selling, also the buying. Mm-hmm. We got some connoisseurs out there like Frodo himself, Elijah Wood. He's been posting about NFTs that he's bought pretty much constantly for the last month. He loves them. Yeah. Uh, and last week he posted this one. Loving my golden zombie. Thank you, Jungle Freaks NFT at Trosley NFT. So, uh, I mean, I don't really like this this art that much, but I'm glad he's happy. Yeah. I'm glad he's into these Jungle Freaks. Jungle Freaks probably going to probably gonna go well, through the roof was, now. That, it seems like that would be the thing, which is, they, you know, he's thanking them, so he probably got this one. He did get it for free. Exactly. And they're <laughs> like, well, Elijah, this is going to be worth so much he money. He had already bought a few more. He was, like, genuinely into this, but then they gave him this golden one for free. Yeah, which, like, that's that's how it was six months ago when, you know, it was like Jake Paul and someone else was promoting a... And if, remember when FaZe Clan did it and they yeah. ran into all that drama? Oh, yeah. Where it's just like people are giving influencers coins to shill because... If they shill it hard enough, then the coins are actually worth money that they can trade for their payment for it. Yeah, because so, cryptos, it's all vibes. <laughs> it's all about it's vibes, vibes-based economy. Vibes and clout. The real economy is online. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jungle Freaks, like Lazy Lions and Bored Apes, is a huge collection of 10,000 unique characters, which all draw from a pool of visual assets. Basically, the artist makes a bunch of different mouths and eyes and hats, etc., and each NFT is a randomized collection of those different assets. And like those other NFT collections, uh, Jungle Freaks, they're not all that visually good or interesting. You really got to be into this stuff to uh, appreciate it (laughs) Uh Uh, for more than I would assume just flipping it for money uh, because that seems to be the case in many scenarios. You got to care. They're mostly meant to just be a a status symbol or a membership card into the community of other Jungle Freaks NFT holders. Uh, George Trosley, uh, the artist behind Jungle Freaks, however, is actually somewhat well-known, though, for decades of cartoons. Mostly in the porno mag Hustler. Okay, bit scandalous. But he's also, as many pointed out in response to Elijah Wood's tweet, responsible for some extremely racist cartoons that ended up in Hustler going back to the 70s. And, you know, people say racist about a lot of things these days. Oh, that's racist. Uh, these are racist in, like, not even a subtle way. They're undeniably racist cartoons. Um, in one... A couple in KKK robes drives a car with a just married sign on the back and two black men being dragged behind the car by nooses. In another, uh, polar bears observing uh, brown bears with spray cans tagging graffiti on rocks say, "Uh uh-oh, looks like this area has black bears. And in another, two men park their nice car in a rundown black neighborhood, but they're not worried because they use the club which in this case is four armed clansmen guarding the car. So, 
Okay, uh, anyways, once these old cartoons came to light, Elijah Wood put out a statement saying he'd sold his Jungle Freaks and donated the money to the NAACP and Black Lives Matter. And this seems to have set off a wave of other Jungle Freaks owners also selling their NFTs. And uh, good for Elijah Wood for, instead of just being like, I sold it. Yeah. Selling it and actually donating it to people who could use it. He's a good boy. Yeah. Uh, George Trosley released a statement basically just saying it was a different time back then. He was being intentionally provocative. But Jungle Freak's prices have dropped by around 80% since these old cartoons came to light. And it's hard to imagine this massive NFT collection will ever achieve lazy lion status now that uh, buying one means associating with those old racist cartoons. Um, Yeah. There was another guy who, like, had his... I don't remember if it was Lazy Lions or whatever, but it was a really funny Twitter interaction where he had, like I said, made his profile picture one of the NFTs that he owned and then got scammed out of the NFTs but refused to change his picture because, like, well, I own it in spirit, and everyone's like, you're you're literally missing the own point of your argument. Yeah, I don't... It was uh, it was a bored ape, I think. Yeah, because yeah, he was... He, <laughs> yeah, his, uh, his whole saga with getting his ape stolen because he, like... It was the same shit. Like, he thought he was talking to other collectors and, like, they saw his wallet QR code or some shit. Um, but yeah, he like successfully lobbied OpenSea and uh, Rarible to like block the sale of his stolen mm-hmm. NFT. But it's like, and yeah, he kept, he's like, well, it's my NFT. I own it. Even <laughs> though, it, and people are like, you're, you're, yeah, you're invalidating like everything about the Every blockchain. Every claim about yeah. NFT ownership. Where like the blockchain is like, everything about it is factual. There can't, it, it's impossible for two people to own one thing at the same time. Uh, you can, you're supposed to be able to exchange things freely and just, yeah, the second uh, things go badly for him, he turns around and he's like, no, uh, actually it's mine. I remembered which one I'm going to get for you. The Squatting Slavs. Squatting Slavs is good. I like that. <laughs> just like 10,000 different just, Squatting yeah, Slavs. 10,000 Squatting Wojak Slavs with uh, <laughs> national flags behind them. Glasses, and different cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the volatility of all this NFT and crypto stuff might give you a greater appreciation for the kinds of simple tangible valuables that you can hold inside your hand. Uh, You can probably think of all sorts of collectibles you could buy with the thousands of dollars that people spend on JPEGs, but for crypto people, the latest craze in physical collectibles is little metal cubes. Here's the Wall Street Journal to explain it. They bought the Bitcoin dip. They took GameStop to the moon. Now the online investor army has a new favorite thing to buy and hold, small tungsten cubes. (laughs) Even in a year that has featured dog meme cryptocurrencies and rappers shilling S-packs, tungsten cubes stand out. They are as inert as they sound, gray, an inch or two on each side, and 1.7 times as dense as lead. A major selling point, according to Amazon.com's product page, is that they are extremely heavy for their size. That also is their main source of appeal to crypto bros and other enthusiasts who caused a run on supplies at a major tungsten provider in recent weeks. They are shelling out around $400 a piece for two-inch cubes weighing around five pounds, or $3,000 for the four-inch version, as heavy as a low-horsepower outboard motor and almost three times the price. The article quotes one crypto investor and cube owner who says, I keep it on my desk as a reminder of what motivates me. Keep going. Keep working. One day, I'll be able to upgrade to a larger size cube. Jesus. (laughs) You know... In the old days, people would have pictures of their kids to remind them what they're working for. I have my cube here. (laughs) I like to think about someday owning a bigger cube. (laughs) Why would I bring a child into this dying wasteland? You see, it's heavy. I can impress the cube. It's heavier than it looks. It's tungsten. You know what's also heavier than they look? These nuts. No Nut November, let's go. I'm kidding. The internet's having a fun time. Listen, celebrate how you wish. (laughs) We're not trying to stop anyone from having fun. Uh, But another uh, said the following... I'm going to be buried with my cube, probably. It will be like a pharaoh buried with his possessions. So the cube will have a place of honor. <laughs> Fuck off. Like, do whatever you want, but, like, you know that you sound lame saying this, right? I, they, I don't know. I, I can never tell how self-aware any of these people are anymore. They live in, like, a different plane of reality. <laughs> I'd like to be buried with my cubes. Why don't you actually get cremated and pressed into your own cube? Then you can be given to your family member. A cube of carbon. That that way you can become the cube. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Midwest Tungsten, who is probably going to be giving out a lot of bonuses this Christmas. Yeah. These fucking idiots. <laughs> Tungsten sales are up. Businesses boom. <laughs> uh, Midwest Tungsten, who is selling these cubes, 
Uh, they even took things full circle recently with an NFT that entitles the owner to come visit a 14 inch, 1800 pound cube once a year. It sold for 56.9 Ethereum or around a quarter of a million dollars. $255,000 whenever it's sold. I, I, yep, you, you're getting the bragging rights. Literally just bragging rights. You can go to like it's Ill fucking, Illinois and yeah. touch the cube once yeah. a year. And, like, it's not, it's and once a year. Yeah, they're like, we can't actually it's sell like you the cube. It's like a timeshare. We can't sell it to you because actually transporting this thing anywhere is impossible. Yeah. So uh, You know who should do something like this is the place that houses that world's biggest ball of yarn. Yeah. You get the ball of yarn NFT and you can come touch the yarn once a year. Yeah. I mean, honestly... Or the mystery someone, spot. Someone, yeah, also, like... You own the mystery spot. I don't think there's any limit to what you can do with this NFT shit. There's always going to be someone, as long as you hype shit up properly, there's going to be someone willing to spend uh, too much money. Well, and it's like the space race with billionaires. It's like, you wouldn't want to be the guy who doesn't own the mystery spot. Yeah. Let's see Paul Allen's tungsten cube. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's beautiful. It's huge. <laughs> 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 oh, I got I to work harder. I need a bigger cube. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, I I started feeling like too much of an old fuddy-duddy. I'm just, in, I, at this point, I'm just going to embrace it. I'm going to, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy it. It is hilarious how much ridiculous content this is providing us with. Yeah, no, so, you know what? Go nuts. They've reinvented finance, like, in a very short period of time from the ground up. And yeah. it's it's inherently funny. And chaotic. What's happening yes. because of that. And, and like you have this, to imagine like institutional, like institutions yeah. themselves are just like, uh, fine. The, let's make, let's officially partner with the MLB and the M NBA and sell people fucking MP4s. Yeah. It's, because they're all, buying all it. All we got to do is make it once. And uh, it's the, just The money. deal that... Fanatics did, which I believe the, uh, the someone in Fanatics is a, a like owner or whatever of that candy. So they made a fucking deal where if you spent two hundred fifty dollars on Fanatics, is what we're talking about. You get the trophy yeah. as an NFT. Yeah. So it's like, all right, there you go. And you, by the way, they sold two other ones. You can get a bronze one for a hundred dollars or a gold one for five hundred dollars. I obviously didn't get any, but the uh, the gold, I checked on the Discord, and like this morning, they had sold like 2,000 of the gold at $500 each. Oh my God. Gee, so I it's mean, like, is it even worth the $500 when the marketplace opens? Because a lot of people have that. There's thousands of people who have that one. Yeah, if there's, I mean, scarcity is kind of the key here. I don't know. I bought a play of the day because I was there mm -hmm. when Chris Taylor hit the home run yeah. that won the wild card. I was like, Cool, now I have that, I guess, for $20. Yeah. Because I can remember it. It's like, look, I can pull it up whenever. Yeah, I mean. Not that I couldn't pull it up on YouTube, but yeah. like. <laughs> Bookmarks bar. There's that play I saw. <laughs> yeah, but now it has a cool little uh, animation to it. Yeah, yeah. All right. I just want to be involved, all right? I, I want to know what I'm talking about. So I, you know. I like the young I people. don't want to be left behind. Not, not in, in the sense that this is like. The mm -hmm. next thing is just like when we talk about it. Yeah, it'd be important to like have at least some information. I, I, I go to all these websites when I'm like looking at this material. I'm just like, all right. Okay. Yeah, because for a while, like I'm, in text groups with friends, I'm like, I, this you're like speaking a foreign language to me. I have no, I'm so far gone on this stuff now that I have no idea what you're talking about. So, whatever. Anyways, that's it for Tech News Day. This week, <laughs> uh, if you haven't already, check out our most recent episode over here and a brand new episode. Well, not brand new, but a new episode of Weekly Weird News. Uh, and uh, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and don't make fun of me in the comments. Bye-bye.